0: From Cedarburg Public Library Radio.
1: And welcome to another session of Art Talk at CPL Radio at Cedarburg Public Library. I'm Laura Beldovs your host, and today we are interviewing Mary Ellen Mueller, who is a local Cedarburg artist. Welcome to Art Talk, Mary Ellen. Thank you, Laura, and thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here,
0: and... Um May I first say this is such a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to talk about my art um, here in this beautiful library. We are so lucky to have it, so thank you so much.
1: Well, we are very lucky to be based in an artistic community and have this exhibit wall where we can feature our local artists' work so that gives um, another purpose for people to come to the library to not just only look for books that they enjoy reading, but they can come and look at some original artwork. Wonderful. So um, your artwork, I was looking at your website and the current artwork that you have here in the library on display are paintings, but on your website you also feature different types of media. So... Um, I saw that you do um, not just oil painting, but mono prints and etchings. Mm-hmm. So, yes. tell me a little bit about the mono prints because I was looking at them, and I typically have seen mono prints that are very abstract um, in their um, in the contents. But mm-hmm. you you have some more like I don't know how to describe it. Uh, like recognizable things that are that are very um, finely made, uh, not not very gestural, but but uh, have fine lines and um, uh, that look very much like botany prints from the last century when people <laughs> made such things, those encyclopedias with uh, drawings of plants and plant matter. So tell me tell me about how you do your mono prints. Well, mono prints um,
0: has such a, a wide variety of ways that you can do them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so wonderful about doing mono prints is because of the surprise effect, mm-hmm. you have no idea how it's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And so what I what you're speaking of, I believe, is the monoprint backgrounds that I have used for my etchings. I have applied etchings over the monoprints. Okay. And so that's what gives you the detail that you're speaking of. Um, then I've also drawn and you also have to think about you draw in reverse because then it goes through a press and then you get the opposite image. And um, so it's um, it's really very... Um, challenging to do but very satisfying to do.
1: So how do you make the etchings? I know that there are Different types of etchings,
0: right? Um, etch well. Actually, etchings is the oldest form of printmaking, starting in the rem- in the Renaissance with Rembrandt. Okay. And um, what I do is I take a metal plate. I usually use zinc, but I have used copper. And you um, put, or the artist puts an asphaltum, or which is an acid resist product, over the etching plate. Then you let that dry, and then you draw in reverse on the etching plate you put that in acid and it etches that's where you get the word etching it etches into the plate um on the areas where you have drawn you take that off you put um you ink it you take all the ink off put it on a press take wet paper put that on top and roll it through the press and there you get take it off and you get that opposite Image so many times I'm looking in a mirror to look to see how this is going to look, and then with many of my botanical etchings, I am uh, writing in reverse because I put the names right of the Uh, plants. Yes, yes, backwards.
1: So, so so when you do the monoprints, do you do Mm -hmm. the monoprint background and then the etching on top?
0: That's the way I have done it, but I have Mm -hmm. done it other ways where I've. where I have done a, a monoprint without using the etchings, and that's where I've just drawn on a um, what's called a matrix, and um, you d- draw, um, and in the same form you you wet the or ink a um, piece of paper and then you put another one on top and then you draw on it and then when you take that paper off you actually have a um, something that you can roll through the press with more paper. So it um, with monoprints it goes through the press many, many times and everything's a surprise and that's why I really enjoy doing it.
1: Yeah, I would suppose that... Um there, there are those mono prints where you just put some color on wherever, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then press it. But yeah. uh, with with yours, uh, do you do a little bit of planning of how you place the color? in the background because of you know you know you might have an etching going over the top
0: oh absolutely you 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 pre-think everything as an art you always you're always thinking about it and i Mm -hmm. must say um at this point that paul yank who recently passed away and is a fabulous cedarburg artist i had the most wonderful privilege of working with him for over 10 years oh wow and he got me onto monoprints he was just a, a lovely very bright um just just a, a wonderful teacher a wonderful mentor
1: yes i i saw the article in the paper yeah. and i was um sad to hear so of his sad passing. yeah so. yeah cedarburg lost a fabulous artist um, so, who else has been influential in your work other than Paul Yank? Um, well, I've had many
0: um, different. Um, I'm taking classes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pre- perpetual student and um, I'm always learning um, from other artists. And so, um, and then also my peers, the artists that I'm involved with in Cedarburg. I'm always learning from them, too. Um, but I've taken classes um, just just uh, from a lot of different people. Um, Helena Elke is somebody who works with the Milwaukee Art Museum and then also at the Groman Art Museum. Okay, And I've worked with her, and that's how I got the real early basics of oil painting from her. She was, she's just a, a, a very good... Uh, teacher,
1: that seems to be a common thread with um, other Cedarburg artists that I've talked to. That they are always taking classes, mm-hmm. or they get together and they do stuff uh, art wise, mm-hmm. and um, just always learning new techniques from each other. Yes. And and um, you know, that's I think that uh, goes to. The whole creative process of always looking for different ways to express yourself um, artistically. And, um, you know, once you've explored a certain technique or media, um, maybe something else captures your eye and and you want to delve into that some more. Right. That's true. So tell yeah. me, um, have you gone to school other than these classes that you've taken from uh, local artists? Have you did you go to uh, college or a school to um, take earn an art degree or what else is in your educational background? Well, let me tell you, I have a,
0: a degree in art education from the University of Wisconsin Whitewater, and um, that was that was a wonderful experience for me, especially between my junior and senior year. I had the privilege to go to Florence, Italy and study and take seven credits with a few of the other artists mm-hmm. that were in my classes. And um, that opened my eyes to architecture as uh, a young gal growing up in Shorewood and and um, then going off to school and not seeing much more and going to Italy and just seeing the beautiful architecture, um, and then also that opened my eyes to etching and um, all of the uh, early Renaissance artists—Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci—I've even Giotto from before then, before the Renaissance—and so that that really really helped me. Um, know what I wanted to do, and then it just evolved beyond that. But let me just say, even before that, when I was in grade school, I'm in the middle of six children, and my parents enrolled me at the Milwaukee Art Museum at the age of eight because they could see that I, I was drawing at the dining room table instead of watching TV or playing outside. So it was always in me and um, that was just I'm, I'm so grateful to them to take time out of six kids, I'm taking Mary Ellen down to the Monkey Art Center for classes, and I ended up winning an award in Michigan. It was sent over to Michigan, and I won wow. an award And as an 8-year-old. Oh, that was exciting. Yeah. And then also at um, I went to Holy Angels, um, which is now DSHA, and I took lots of classes through Sister Faith, who was just a marvelous, marvelous teacher. So I've really learned through others through the years.
1: Yeah, it's uh, really um, monumental when at an early age you get that support and recognition for your art skills and and being able to foster that. Yeah, I was very, really, very lucky. Yeah. And, it, um, and I'm glad to hear that the art museum had art classes. Uh, I know that um, a few years ago they had art classes. I didn't know that they had had art classes you know, uh, uh, Way um, back then. But right? that it, that it's um, maybe a constant thing that they've had. So, Yeah. Um, and now they have a design lab, so you, kids can go in there and drop in and make art things. Right, and that's sure. what we have our grandchildren doing now. We take them... <laughs> at The
0: Milwaukee Art Museum, so that they can go into those little labs and right. and create.
1: Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah, I think that's really important for kids to be able to um try out different things and explore different media and different types of arts, not just uh, visual arts, but you know theater and dance, um and and things like that. Right. So. Right. Um, So tell me about your um, paintings a little bit because your style is, um, I noticed that you really like to use underpainting uh, with the shade of red. And some of them have a darker red and some of them have like a pink orange, like a much brighter Underpainting, so was there one that you started with first and it segued into the other shade or have you been both, you know, using both? I,
0: um, well, I use a, an oil Underpainting mm-hmm. uh, of a red and um, I think it really just depends upon how thick I put it on mm-hmm. you know how dark it gets if it's uh, lighter than you know I think that that's just the way I start and that's not necessarily um, how it uh, that it's been planned, okay. but it um, and I, I do work from there and then um, what I do is um, draw. A um, with a uh, mixture of paint um, and um, do an outline of what I'm going to do, and then I color in all the darks, and, mm-hmm. and then go with the color. and And um, Shelby Keefe was a wonderful is a wonderful artist. I don't know if you're familiar with. Yeah.
1: Yes, in Milwaukee. Yes, mm-hmm. correct.
0: But I took a class from her, and she just, that's what she had taught me, how to do that. And I've really sort of, I took good notes, and I've really sort of followed her her example. Although my things don't look anything like Shelby keeps, she's a wonderful artist. But it's, that's sort of the, the same, the same way, so...
1: I guess I should uh, explain what underpainting is um, for some of our listeners who might not know what that is, and that's basically taking a, a a color, a base color, and covering the whole canvas, correct? Initially, and then you paint on top of that, and then you allow some of that underpainting to peek through gaps of sure painting
0: yes and if you look back way back in the renaissance they did that they would put the red on over many times they were just working on board and they'd put it over that and then go in with their golds and their lapis blues and their different colors and um and so it's been going on for a long time
1: yes it it certainly lends a certain pop um in your Mm -hmm. paintings and um Gives it a little more dimension, and uh, and I certainly can see your experience in Florence and your artwork today because uh, a lot of your scenes that you have here in the library are of um, spaces, architectural spaces, and um, uh, it shows a lot of um, building building facades and um, you know places that you see on the street. Yeah, thank you. I, um, I do architectural
0: drawings of homes and churches, and I've been doing that for years. And um, so I think I just, you know, ever since going to Florence and mm-hmm. seeing all
1: that beautiful architecture, I think I just gravitate
0: towards that.
1: So your paintings are very vibrant, but your architectural renderings are a little more muted. Um, yeah. what, so what um, what drew you to doing the architectural etchings? Um, or the architectural drawings, the yes. pen and ink drawings? Yeah. Um, that was just,
0: um, there was a need out there where people wanted home drawings done. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that for years. I did j i did done a lot of churches too. And um, and people would just ask me, so I've actually, without advertising, I've had a, a fabulous business through the years. I've mm-hmm. done this for, I bet, over 30 years of mm-hmm. doing pen and ink renderings of homes, churches, buildings,
1: dentist offices. So it's a, but it's a totally different style from your paintings because your paintings are more vibrant, more yeah. expressive um and the architectural drawings are the the color palette's more muted and you know because it's pen and ink right um it's it's a little more
0: much more detailed where mm-hmm. i even get the the phone, the address written in um, (laughs) the home and uh,
1: yeah just
0: a lot more detail and then i use a watercolor wash to add
1: color Mm -hmm. on the pen and ink so that's how that's done so do you do those uh commission only or do you also do those because you like to um do you go out and say oh that house looks interesting would i make no, <laughs> no, no. I just
0: I, I would only do that if somebody would ask me uh-huh. to do it because they, sure. they they needed to do it. But um, there, it was one, one thing. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but um, it's it's wonderful to be able to do this and have people. Come and say, "Oh, this home, our home drawing is still hanging," or we were handing it down to our children. Um, I did one of Jesus. I had the privilege of doing that. Jesus mm-hmm. down on the Marquette campus, and I did that. And one of the older priests saw it and said, and he started to cry because really? he was just so um, moved by it. And that's what gives me such. Um, Satisfaction, and and that's why I love to do what I do is to get the the reaction, f- positive reaction from people mm-hmm. where they enjoy it. So,
1: yeah, it's a, certainly a different process than mm-hmm. the oil paintings because mm-hmm. you're um, with the oil. You did the you do the underpainting of the red, but yes. the architectural drawings are um, basically the the color wash and then the drawing on top. Correct, correct. Yeah. So how do you, um, what kind of things do you do to uh, get into that creative mode? Uh, What do
0: I do? Well, a lot of things come out of um, just mostly travel. Um, There was a quote that I had um, that I read years ago, and that is travel rearranges the cultural furniture of your mind, and I love that quote. Yes, and it certainly does.
1: It does. Yes, it does.
0: And um, so we've been we've been all over the. You know, we've been. A lot of diff- all over Europe, Africa. I've been to a lot of different places, and um, I always bring something home that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But then also, I'll get ideas. There was one time I was taking an aerobics class, and in the middle of the aerobics class, I went, oh, "I should do butterflies, etchings of butterflies." And I don't know what it was—the right. music or mm-hmm. the dance or what it was—and but I came, and so I did a whole series of butterflies, and those have just done really well for me. I've um,
1: yeah, done a lot of them. It's interesting how you, your mm-hmm. brain makes those connections, yes. even though they're yep. unexpected sometimes. Right. right. But uh, through movement or just doing something totally outside yeah. of the art right. artwork, right? You get these ideas. Correct. Yeah. So. Um, when you create your arts, are you do you have something in mind when you want it when you're making them? Oh yes, and in many cases, I have
0: thought about it for a long, long time. Um, the alphabet book that I have where mm-hmm. I have the etchings of the of the alphabet. I thought about this. Thought about this for three years. Oh, wow! So this was three years in the making, sure. and um, I um, I found the block printing of the different uh, letters of the alphabet from a fifteen hundreds book of letters mm-hmm. and um and then I knew I wanted to team each letter up with wildflowers and so I got a lot of those out of my yard but each letter of the alphabet had to have a uh, flower that began with that letter mm-hmm. and um so that was it was three years in the making mm-hmm. so there's a lot of there's a lot of thought that goes into um, when artists do um, any type of work, there's a lot of thought that goes behind it.
1: Yeah, I think there's the common stereotype that artists are manic, manic maniacally working in their studios and they just are f- ever-flowing with all kinds of visions and creations. But... Um, there there is that mental process that you need to go through before you you can get to that place where you can start the work the actual work right and right. um and every every artist has their way of getting to that point right. so and i think it's really fascinating to find out how how each of the artists that we talk to here in the library um how they how they get there oh. Uh, it is it's,
0: it's it's interesting it's wonderful it is such a god-given gift and I think everybody is creative everybody can do things but it's those who just really um uh, work at it or where it really becomes such a satisfaction for them they're the ones that um, that do produce
1: mm-hmm. yeah. so um I know that you're currently Showing at the Cedarburg Cultural Center, and also, or you just had a show there.
0: Um. Well, I I had a couple things in there, and now I have two more things. But I will be doing a solo show um, next April. Okay. And it was supposed to be this last April, but because of the pandemic, um, it's now uh, going to be next April. Okay. And um, then, along with the Groman, I have two pieces accepted into the Groman Art Museum, which is down on MSOE's campus. I don't know if you know that, mm-hmm. but I have two pieces that are going to be in that show as well.
1: Okay, and then you have uh, your works here at the library until mid-December, two thousand and twenty yes. or twenty twenty. So, uh, do you have any other plans or? Um, as far as exhibits go, or is there are are you currently working on any kinds of projects right um, now? Well, I um, I did do. Uh, we have
0: thirteen grandchildren, and I did do twelve oil paintings of each of the grandkids. But now, and now we have a new one that's going to be a year, and I like to wait until she's about three. Right. So I'm going to be uh, eventually. I'll be working on that. Um, and um, I do have a piece in the Cedarburg Art Museum now, and it was Masters as Muses, Um, and so I did have one accepted in there, and that's going to be hitting until January. Um, And so that's what's
1: keeping me going. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today, Mary Ellen. Oh, thank you. We hope to see your artwork uh, well. Um, if you come to visit listeners to Cedarburg, if you come to visit Cedarburg uh, in the uh, fall of 2020 or spring and summer of 2021, uh, please be sure to go to our the Cedarburg Cultural Center and the Art Museum to see Mary Ellen Mueller's work. Oh, thank you so much. This is a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It was a pleasure for us as well.